When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Breaking news here on the BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr, here with Ryan Snyder. Ryan, you said it earlier this offseason when we were talking about junior days. You don't expect to have a commitment, but every once in a while one pops up, and that's what we're doing today. So give us the information that everyone wants to know what is going on with Penn State football. Yeah, uh, big commitment here for them. Anthony Donko, I believe. I'm sorry, Anthony, if I... uh mispronounce that i'm terrible with names if you guys haven't realized that already uh <laughs> six four three ten offensive lineman out of light ridge uh high school in uh, aldi uh, virginia i believe it is uh solid prospect here we have him as a three star and and one thing i would just say is that he's been steadily moving up penn state's recruiting board here um you know over the last especially since the season but uh definitely in, in recent weeks recent months uh, he came up for Penn State's Junior Day on January 15th and, uh, you know, had, had a lot of good things to say about it. And uh, he, here we are with a commitment. So uh, solid pickup. Uh, I, I think he's going to be a tackle for them, 35-inch reach, uh, yep. w- which is pretty good. Uh, I think that was a big thing uh, that they wanted to get clarified during that visit, and they did. And, um, you know, at 6'4", 310, he, he's kind of a swing guy too. I don't know if I could clarify him as a true tackle, but right now that's that's what I'm looking at him as. Yeah, and I took a quick look at some of his film outside the highlights as well. It plays guard for his team, uh, but he is a a big physical, and you can see here, great athlete, well put together. But you're right, that six four frame, he has some swing ability. Uh, but uh, some some of the things I noticed is um, athleticism, some of the technique issues he can get cleaned up, and then uh, from a pass protection standpoint, there is not a whole lot on his film, and there's not a whole lot in his offense. So, when it comes to an evaluation, of course, we'll have a T. Frank's film room coming up later next week, as uh, when when I get all the deep dive into his film. Yeah. But, uh, you know, first blush, great potential for an offensive lineman, and a potential tackle, which we've talked about. That 35-inch reach, that's a big thing for uh, the offensive line and what they're looking for there. Uh, any other news or notes about Anthony that uh, that you've come across in talking to him today and then a part of your uh, your kind of interview of him for his commitment? Mm-hmm. Uh, four offers so far, uh, or it was five if you include Penn State, Virginia Tech, West Virginia, Duke and Liberty. Of course, Duke and Virginia Tech have had coaching changes there. So, you know, uh, where exactly the new staff was pursuing, it was kind of hard to say. But uh, West Virginia and Liberty both pushed hard recently. And, and Penn State feels like this was this was a player who uh, was about to take off, you know. And, and you know, some of his recent offers uh, and interest from other schools has kind of suggested that would be the case as well. But uh, solid player, man. Uh, I, I'm so getting to know him i'd be lying if i said i've been talking to anthony for a long time 
I know he's a 3.8 grade point average, which is great, of course. And, uh, you know, he made it clear that academics were a major part in this decision. He wants to uh, major in mechanical engineering. So um, obviously a great student, right? You're not doing yeah. mechanical engineering and playing football uh, if you don't take things uh, seriously. So no uh, offense good, to good. our communication brethren, but if you're enrolling in, com <laughs> in communication at Penn State, it's a just it's just a different bar than mechanical engineering. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, he, he mentioned, you know, he spoke very highly of Phil Troutline, of course, as you would expect, you know, that that relationship seems like it really took off here uh, over the last, uh, I'd say, a month or two. Uh, they've been talking longer than that. I mean, Penn State, Penn State offered in beginning of December, and I got the impression they really started pursuing him a little bit before that. So we'll say November time frame. And, and really, uh, as the season or as Penn State's, you know, bowl season kind of came to an end and whatnot, uh, relationship really took it took it to a different level. But uh, he hasn't really visited many schools. You know, Virginia Tech was really the only other school he saw. He went there for the Notre Dame game in October and came up for Penn State, fell in love with it. And boom, here we are. So I'll be curious to see if other schools do come calling down the road to try and get him on on campus for a visit. But uh, just my initial impressions for him is that he's just a great kid, um, really well spoken. I mean, seems seems like he has everything together off the field. There, there's no doubt about that. But uh, you know, it's just some guys who commit quick early. You know, just curious to see if they uh, they get other schools calling and and they rethink some things. But uh, you know, good good addition, man. Penn State, Penn State seems to be very uh, very high on him. He's they've been yeah. they've been speaking behind the scenes about how he's moving up for weeks now. So. I, I would be high on somebody with 35 inch arms too. I mean, I just, yeah. you, you look at it on film, you look at it. It's like, that's, that's what you're looking for. So speaking of the offensive line, Penn state has now put together a pretty impressive class, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Alex Birchmeyer uh, and Joshua Miller are the two offensive linemen committed with Matthias Barnwell, an option to play offensive line an option to play defensive line. Uh, how are you looking at the class so far and how it's put together? A good, good start. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of work to do, but uh, whenever you're able to get some quality guys like Avery and Birchmeyer, I mean, Birchmeyer is a, is a legit five-star candidate in my eyes. And uh, Avery was arguably their top, their top tight end target for the longest time. And then of course you have somebody in Barnwell who I just wrote about the other day. You know, I, I feel like he's, he's probably going to lean towards defensive tackle uh, here, here now moving forward. So, you know, you, you have three quality prospects there at three important positions for Penn state, uh, you know, but th there's a lot of work to do still too. So mm -hmm. I, I think these, you know, we're finishing up here with junior days. Uh, I think as we get into March and April and, and we have some of those personal visits, uh, you'll see an uptick in commitments and, and guys making moves, but they, they've certainly put themselves in a good position uh, to, to put together at least a top 15 class. I think top 10 is going to just be a little hard because there's not a ton of five-star guys uh, out there. And, and if you just look at how, how it works to get in the top 10, you know, you, you really got to, especially for Penn State, you know, they, they really need to have at least a, a one or two five stars. So to mm -hmm. me, uh, Birchmeyer getting a fifth star would go a massive, massive way for them to having another top 10 class. But uh, yeah, it's a great start, man. But, you know, it's January 28th right now. So yeah. long way to go. And, and just one follow up question about this. How should Penn State fans, because this has been an emphasis from most Penn State fans, how should they feel about the work in the offensive and defensive line in the trenches. I mean, it seems like a great start to this class with some more opportunity to add more guys that are targets. There, there's a potential to add more there as well, right? Yeah, I, I, for sure. I mean, I, I'm look. I've been talking about Evan Link for a long time. I mean, to me, right. he's a true bona fide offensive tackle prospect that's very high on Penn State's board. They have to land him, in my opinion. I think he's incredibly important. You know, there's there's the Luke Montgomerys of the world are out there, the Chase Basantis of the world. 
Yeah, I mean, they're going to be in the mix with them. I think it's going to be hard, though. And and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, he's they're, they're both incredibly important. Samson Okamolo, of course, too, who is just here. Uh, he, he's he's the highest ranked of all of them as a top 50, I think it's top 55 uh, prospect nationally. I think he's number two uh, in the on three consensus at tackle. So, um, I mean, they got to get at least, in my opinion, at least one of these guys uh, as a true tackle prospect who's already pretty well technically they, they have to land one, and, and preferably if they could get to two, that'd be great. As far as defensive line, Jason Moore's coming up this weekend. I, he's right outside the five-star range at the moment. I, I think he could be a five-star by the time it's all said and done. And, you know, that that's what I was talking about with landing five-stars and being top ten. I just wrote about that last week. They Jason Moore and, and Alex Birchmeyer, Penn State wants to be top ten. I feel like both of those have to be obviously committed, of course, uh, but but they have to get into that five star range for Penn State to get over the hump. Just because the reason is just not as deep as is what we've seen in, in some previous years. So, only time will tell. But Will Norman, John Walker, uh, you know Derek LeBlanc, Justin Benton's a three star on three right now. But if you ask Penn State, I mean they have him as a, a top five uh, defensive tackle prospect, and then you have those elite uh, defensive ends like Nicholas Harbor and Desmond Umazulo. Uh, Umazulo is really moving up the staff score quickly. He's another guy that'll be on campus for junior day. So they are laying the groundwork, um, but you got to close, right? And, you know, we are, you know, just under a year to go until signing day. And and really closing time for them will be getting commitments in spring and in the summer. Uh, and then, of course, keeping, keeping a hold of them, which they've done a good job here uh, in this last class. So uh, only time will tell. Ryan Snyder, recruiting insider, giving us the information on the class of 2023 and the latest commitment for that class. Anthony Donko, the offensive line commit from uh, where was it again? Lightridge Al- High School, Aldi, Virginia, I believe it is. So, all right. Well, we'll get you to the rest of the BWI Daily Edition. Stay tuned for that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's Friday, and that means Ryan Snyder joins the show. Our recruiting insider, another big weekend for Penn State football on the horizon. Uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, which has been, I got to say, not the case over the last two weeks consistently. So excited for the show today. Yeah, this is this is the the grand finale, right, of, of the junior days. And, yeah. Uh, even a 2022 guy coming on campus. So, uh, man, I, signing days next week. Like, normally, you know, it's uh, this used to be like the craziest week of my life. You know, yeah. getting ready to signing day, and you know, now that's bumped into December. We'll still have a good, we'll still have a good bit of stuff to talk about, but uh, it just it just feels weird because my whole life this was like the hectic week where you prep for everything, and now that's over with for the most part. You so. always say something so interesting that I have to derail everything we have on the rundown and ask you a question. So. Junior days, that's what we're talking about today. Did junior days also happen around National Signing Day at the same time in the previous calendar? Well, I mean, years ago, uh, G- February wasn't a dead period. So, like, when I oh. first started, for, like, the first half, probably more. I mean, February has only been a dead period for, I want to say, like, four years or so now. Maybe maybe a little longer. I want to say about four years. I've been doing this. This is my 12th year. So, I think it was about a third of that. 
Uh, and, you know, usually that's when you saw a lot of the junior days uh, because, again, you know, the National National Sign Day, uh, you know, would go up to February and and everybody would really focus on, um, you, know, 20, you know, senior prospects, we'll say, uh, in January. Now, you would have some, don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, guys coming up for wrestling matches was something we saw a lot in, in January's over the years. And uh, there were certainly plenty of sophomores and juniors coming up. But, like, the big junior day events – they used to be more so in February, but then, gotcha. you know, you move up the calendar and, and December becomes the real signing day and everything just kind of got bumped up a month. And and really coaches, from what I gathered, coaches were the ones who really wanted that February dead period. Uh, because when I first saw it, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like that was always a great month for recruiting. Uh, but what I learned, at least from talking to Penn State people, was that like they needed a month to really focus on their team. Like right. there's so many more months where they're putting so much focus into building the, you know, the, the roster for the coming years where they felt like they weren't able to really look back on the season, get ready for spring practice and focus on the guys who are already here. So that that's really how that February uh, dead period started. I guess AFCA conferences kind of put that into motion. And, and uh, now that's how our calendar works. BWI Daily Edition. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. Ryan Snyder, our recruiting insider, dropping knowledge, history, and future, present, everything <laughs> on the daily. And if you want to get more inside information, including some of the things we're going to talk about today, you can read those in depth at bluewhiteillustrated.com. Sign up for just $1. And if you subscribe and sign up, subscribe to uh, Blue White Illustrated and subscribe to the YouTube channel, you get all of that. A package deal, Ryan, for a dollar. Because it's literally Great free deal. to click the button on the YouTube channel, so do it right now. We'll wait. Shannon Terry just Shannon Terry put out today how we're we're one eighteen percent of uh, you know what what we were when we were with rivals and, and Michigan's one twenty two. So come on, guys! Like this is our opportunity to beat Michigan, right? They're edging yeah. us out by four percent. So uh, a couple more subscribers, we'd appreciate it. Never, never want to lose to Michigan. Come on, I, I right? You know, I I <laughs> I have been pumping that message out on on the YouTube channel for about a month now. Michigan and Notre Dame. I, I know Penn State fans also. You know, the older ones they love going back to competing with Notre Dame and stuff. So mm-hmm. whatever it is, here's your opportunity to do it. But one of the things you wrote about this week was your conversation with Matthias Barnwell and an update on just his story. So tell us what you talked to him about and some of the interesting things that he had to say this week. Yeah, well, the talk for the longest time is where is he going to play, right? Uh, 260 pounds. Uh, that, as a junior in high school, uh, that doesn't fit tight ends uh, at, at the no. next level, and you know, especially uh, if you want to go into the NFL. So that's been the talk for the longest time. I mean, I mean, I think everybody's always been pointing to offensive tackle and uh, he's always said all the right things about like, you know, I'll play wherever's best and, you know, I want to do what's best for the team. Uh, but what we've really learned here is that defensive line is now kind of what everybody is focusing on. I know, you know, when he when he opened up his recruitment and he, he had a bunch of quality offers and Notre Dame was one of them yep. and Notre Dame from the fr- from the start uh, really liked him as a, as a defensive tackle. And that always intrigued me uh, mainly maybe because I, I didn't think Matthias was that interested in it. And I, maybe I was wrong because now he's saying like, oh no, I'm actually kickstarting uh, the defensive line talk with, with Penn state. Uh, you know, he said flat in the story that, that he brought this up to them and you know, that they're all for it. So 
he came out for a junior day last weekend on the 22nd um, and, and spent a lot of time w- with John Scott and Manny Diaz. And, you know, he raved about that experience. Fans can go read that story. Uh, so that, that feels like where he's focusing now. Uh, he was down a little bit in weight, too. But I, I asked about that, if he's trying to lose weight or whatever it is. And he just said, like, no, I'm playing basketball. <laughs> and that makes sense, right? You know, yeah. you, when you switch over to basketball and all that running you do in, in that sport, uh, it makes sense that he would he would shed a you know a handful of pounds. So. Uh, that that seems to be kind of where I'm going to we have him listed as an athlete at on three and I'll probably yeah. keep him there for a little while. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if in the spring we're, we're switching him to defensive line. The one thing I really want to figure out is uh, edge or defensive tackle. And of course, with his size, everything points to uh, defensive tackles and yeah. three technique. But, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. you know, just people have mentioned to me that, you know, he, he's interested as maybe like a big defensive end too so that that'll all get worked out with time uh but to me he wants, I mean, to, all... he wants to be as close to a skill position as he can be it seems exactly like edge, exactly yeah. tight end he wants one of mm-hmm. those positions and i get it uh but you know the thing i said about offense tackle say about three technique you can be a superstar at three tech uh, with his skills mm-hmm. you and and mm-hmm. that's actually uh, the next thing i wanted to ask you about is with his recruiting and with his position and being an athlete uh, a little bit i think under uh, ranked right now with on three. And I know that a lot of that mm-hmm. has to do with it's still in development and process, but if he were to switch to the, one of those positions, do you think there is more opportunity for him to be a higher ranked prospect in the future? I think getting out the camps is how that's going to happen. Gotcha. Right. I okay. mean, from what they've seen. And, and I mean, of course we have a whole senior season to go still. Yeah. Uh, but like Matthias hasn't really been someone we've seen at camps and that's not his fault. It was, you know, we had a, a pandemic that shut all those camps down and uh, he, he just wasn't able to make it out to, to many of them this past season. Of course, Virginia played a spring season of football. So that was a big part of it where he was, you know, he was playing a handful of games in the spring this past year. So I think if he's able to make it out to Under Armour camps and, uh, you know, the opening camps or whatever, whatever camps they are, uh, that that'll give people a, a much better idea of just kind of how he could how he could be a, you know, a defensive lineman and go against some of those top prospects out there. I mean, the the, the camp camps are why I denied Dennis Sutton is a five star uh, without a doubt. I mean, yep. he came to rivals camp and freaking crushed it. Yep. And, and, you know, we already were really high on him. But as you as you talked about, remember, remember, denied Dennis Sutton as a sophomore. Yes. And then he, you know, go through the pandemic and. He, he just gets shredded and then he comes <laughs> to these camps and and is dominant. And that's where yeah. it all started. And, 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 you know, I'll give rivals credit for that because uh, they saw that, you know, with their camps, they saw that ahead of a lot of us. Uh, well, I mean, of course, I was at rivals, but ahead of 247 at the time before on three uh, started. And that's and that's where that all started. And, and I think that if Matthias was able to go out to some of those camps uh, and have some good showings, uh, it, it would it would absolutely help him. So we'll see what happens. You know, he's playing basketball right now, and uh, camp season in the Northeast really gets going at the end of April. So he should, you know, he should. The calendar should be free for it to work this year. He he and and full disclosure, the reason I ask is because he's one of my favorite prospects I've watched on film for Blue White mm-hmm. Illustrated. So I'm very high personally on Matthias. I think he's got great talent and potential at the next level at the at the next mm-hmm. level. So I'm curious. I, I've been very excited to watch his development throughout his career and that's one of the things I've been wondering personally about his kind of growth and development and his profile and prestige and all of that stuff so uh he's not the only guy making news this week Penn State has been giving out quite a few offers so mm-hmm. can you give us a rundown of uh there's been a flurry of them online if you've been checking out Greg Pickle and Ryan Snyder on Twitter they've been following a bunch of these guys give us a rundown of what Penn State's been up to this past week 
Yeah. Well, it started with the the junior day this past weekend and Michael Kilbane uh, was pretty good uh, linebacker, defensive end. I think he's more of a defensive end uh, at the next level. We have him as a linebacker on three, but from what, from what I've gathered, he's probably more of a defensive end. Uh, from St. Edward and Lakewood, Ohio, I mentioned uh, in the podcast I did with Greg, I saw him play against Drew Aller actually uh, in his playoff game. He had two sacks on Drew that game and uh, was a pretty good player. I, at the time, I thought he was more of like a Mac level player, so I didn't I didn't put as much attention in him as I wish I would have. I was really looking at Ben Roback, Roebuck, who's an offensive tackle from St. Edward that Penn State offered in that game, and I, I just wish I would have focused on Mike a little bit more. Uh, but anyway, I mean, Jayshon Ross is an edge rusher from St. Pius in Kansas City they offered. I can just roll through them all. Cameron yep. Cook from Stony Point running back out of Texas. Uh, Deshaun Dotson, um, Deshaun Dotson, not Jahan. Uh, from Newman Garetti's defensive lineman. Uh, he'll be somebody I think we talk about a good bit. He's a Pennsylvania guy, and uh, he's really been blowing up here in recent weeks. Uh, Daniel Harris, Greg Greg Pickle did a good story on him. He's a cornerback out of Miami. Um, and then, of course, Cameron Butler. Well, we didn't we didn't mention Cameron Butler. He's a he's a Miami of Ohio uh, graduate. Or I think, yeah, he's going to be a graduate transfer uh, in the portal that Penn State offered. I believe he's as an edge, so that'll be something yeah. to watch here. Um, as they move through, I mean, I, I, there's a, there's a handful of other guys I can name. Uh, what I would say that's interesting is, is this is the final week of the contact period. So this is Penn State's last chance to get out on the road, meet with a bunch of these coaches of players who they've been scouting for a long time. They like their film, you know, they've gathered enough information about academics and things of those sorts. Uh, and, and that's why you're seeing a flurry of offers go out between uh, now and, and really, you know, since the contact period began uh, in January 15th. So, you know, I'd be lying if I said I, I knew a ton about some of these guys from Kansas City and Texas. Right. You know, th- those relationships. Why don't you know everything? Ryan, yeah, come I on. Wish. Uh, I, I used to pretend I did, and then we had this talk last week, right? It just yeah. it doesn't it doesn't usually do any good. Uh, I will say Ca- uh, Carter Stottmeyer uh, is is a cornerback out of Plano, Texas. He did visit Penn State last weekend, uh, and he got an offer then on on Thursday or um, you know around noontime. I believe Terry Smith's down there uh, this week. I don't have as much uh, coach information uh, this week as I had in some previous weeks. Just as I'm really trying to focus on this big junior day, but mm-hmm. uh, he, he was a player who was just up a couple, uh, you know, just this past weekend. And uh, somebody I think we'll, we'll be talking about a bit, you know, whenever you make that trip up from Texas, uh, there, there's real interest there. And, and Penn State's one of five schools to offer so far with Arizona, uh, Mississippi state, Kansas, and Jackson state. So uh, we have him at five eleven. He checked in at five eleven one seventy 170 this past week. So, so he'll be somebody I probably reach out to uh, once the contact period, once, once we get past junior day and, things slow down a little bit in February, I'll circle back to him. I want to uh, circle back myself to one of the guys you mentioned, the transfer from Miami of Ohio that Penn State offered, uh, Cam, mm-hmm. what was his last name? Cam Butler. Butler, I was going to call him Cam Bright. Mm-hmm. That's definitely not the same guy. Cam Butler from <laughs> Miami of Ohio. Uh, I'm not going to ask you about Hunter Norzad, but despite the fact that things are shut down for Penn State to actually enroll players, we're going to see more information over the next couple of months about offers and things like that, right? I mean, it's it's not uh, going to be no information. It's just a delay in when they yes can enroll no. if they choose. Yes and no. I mean, okay. because, look, a lot of guys are also starting classes. Like Cam Butler is starting classes, and he knew he wanted to get his degree and and move on as a grad transfer. So that's why you're hearing about him now. And I think you will hear about some other guys similar to that situation. I mean, uh, but but also when we get into February and you get into the beginning of March, it usually kind of slows down because those guys are there because they want to focus on spring ball, right? Um, you know, you're usually not 
uh, getting to the end of, of February and saying, screw it, I'm out of here uh, before spring ball starts, right? So I do think that it will slow down a bit uh, here probably over the next six, seven weeks or so. We'll have spring ball happen. You usually don't hear a lot then. And then, of course, you know, when you get to, you know, beginning to mid of April, uh, the the cycle starts all over again. And, you know, guys who didn't win a – I don't want to say didn't win a position battle, but, you know, the writing's on the wall, right? They, right. You're probably not going to be the starter uh, next year. That's when you, you see things change again. Uh, so we'll see. But, you know, we have we have Butler. We know Penn State's after him. You know Hunter Norzad and you know uh, Tyler Steen. Um, Norzad and Steen are offensive tackle or offensive line prospects. And, and Butler looks like a, a solid defensive end. Butler, I, I'm trying to pull up his stats here. He played 30 games over the last couple of years, 114 tackles, 31 tackles for loss, 16 sacks. Uh, he was all Mac. Uh, let me see. The last couple of years, he was all Mac. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, first team. I think he was first team uh, this past year, too. So, decent player. Uh, I, you know, somebody I, I've been trying to get to know all these transfer guys. They they don't seem to be very interested, which I I understand, right? I mean, they right. deal with the media after games. It's they're not. No one's seeking out the media when you're 22, 21, whatever it is. And so I, I get it. Uh, but he'll be somebody. You know, we we definitely stay uh, stay in touch with Penn State sources about and try and learn more. So we're going to get to the junior day here in just a little bit, but as we get towards the end of the contact period, what other things might Penn State fans see happening from recruiting uh, as this wraps up? More offers, I guess, you know, uh, guys go out and, you know, I'm sure they're, they're visiting a ton of schools with players they haven't offered yet. So, you know, they're collecting academic information, information from, you know, Franklin says the janitor, you know, he's out there collecting right. uh, all, all the information he can on guys that they have interest in. So you will see more offers go out. But as I mentioned, you know, w- when we flip the page to February, they do really try to uh, start focusing more on their team. So recruiting does take a bit of a backseat. Now, of course, you know, guys get out of school at 2.30, they're done with basketball practice at 4. You know, in that night then, they're, they're recruiting hard. You know, all the text messages, all the phone calls, the Zoom calls. You know, so, um, you know, that electronic recruiting still continues. But, you know, they're not reviewing – you'll have your recruiting staff reviewing film all the time, but right. you know, someone like Taylor Stubblefield is going to be watching, you know, Parker Washington to find improvements with him. Yep. Uh, you know, same Phil Troutwine is going to be trying to find improvements with his offensive lineman. Like the, the, the staff really kind of shifts their focus more so to the team uh, throughout February as we get ready for March. Um, and yeah, I mean, that that's really what it is. So recruiting does take a bit of a backseat in February, uh, but you'll still see offers going out and, um, you know, guys getting dropping their top tens and things of that sort. But it's it's a slower four weeks compared to pretty much the rest of the year. Uh, another big week here at Blue White Illustrated and at On3 as uh, the final rankings are updated for not just On3, but also for Rivals and for 247. So that affects the On3 composite. And there's been a lot of stuff happening this week with the with the rankings, and they've been uh, changing almost continually. Do we have a little more clarity as the dust finally settled, for the most part, on uh, where players have landed for On3 and for the consensus uh, this week? We. We know the top guys, uh, okay. and and that's pretty much settled, you know, because rivals put out their their you know top two fifty list twenty four seven, you know, pretty much updated their top twenty four seven or uh, you know two hundred forty seven guys is what it is. Uh, so so you know that those guys who have steadily been in, in that in those uh, top two fifty list, top three hundred list, uh, they're pretty much done. So you know Nick Singleton, Drew Aller, Deny Dennis Sutton, 
you know, Caden Saunders, Catron Allen, I'm trying to think who else, Drew Shelton, Abdul right. Carter, Makai Flowers, you know, those guys who have been there, I don't see them changing much. Uh, the way that 24-7 and Rivals do it is they kind of spread their announcements out a little bit. I'm sure 24-7 still kind of changes some things with uh, their high three stars, low four stars, Rivals kind of doing the same thing. And so are we, too. I mean, things will kind of be shifting a little bit here. You just can't enter all the data in one day, right? I mean, right. There's so many players right. that it just simply takes time to update everyone's profile. So I, I would say that when you're looking at those top guys, you know, the top 200, top 300 guys, like they're pretty much set. Like I expect, you know, I don't, you know, deny, for example, is, is now the highest ranked guy in this class at number 22. I, I don't see that changing, yep. you know, Drew Shelton. And, and for example, excuse me, uh, he's 22 in the on three consensus. So let me, let me clarify that. And, and, you know, Drew Shelton's number 129 in the on three consensus, you know, that that's not really going to change. What I'm curious to see is kind of what, what does like some place like rivals do with KJ Winston? You know, we have on on three, we have KJ, um, you know, much higher now, you know, he, he had, I think the, the second biggest jump or maybe the biggest jump of everybody moving up like 60, 70 spots. I believe it was, uh, does rivals, uh, move him around in, in, in the coming days. And, uh, so that, so, you know, that, that's really kind of what we're seeing. So watch, watch the guys there in that second half of the list and see if there's a movement there. I've been checking it every day. There, there hasn't yeah. been a ton yet. Uh, but that really just because our on three team, uh, has to find that information and then enter it. And, and it takes time. So I would think that, yeah. Uh, by by the weekend or early Monday, it should it should be finalized. And as somebody who has done data entry professionally uh, before, it, it, it takes it's grueling. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know as well as one of the people that enters data on a regular basis for yeah. the on three database. Uh, and just a quick clarification for fans or for people who don't know. On3 does something I think is pretty cool and pretty smart. So you have the On3 rankings, which are the ones that we put together, and Charles Power is the lead guy for On3 and giving all of our opinion as a company on these players and where they rank. But the smartest people also take a, a, an idea of what everyone else is saying and factor that in. So the On3 consensus is a weighted uh, consensus of all of the major recruiting services split evenly so that that gives you a best the best idea as ryan talked about of where people are moving players and how the general field looks at these these football players so if you look and you don't know which one to look at make sure if you're looking at drew shelton or if you're looking at caden saunders there's the top one which is the on three first and then the consensus is second on their Mm -hmm. profile so just keep keep that nope opposite Opposite. opposite thank you it's consensus and then on three in the second it says yeah. it right there i mean you can't miss it on three yeah. consensus and then on three but Just uh make sure you read yeah. it that's that's the point is like if you're speed reading like me if you're a guy that's like kind of scanning the page you might get confused at times and that's why i wanted to bring mm-hmm. that up because we've had some even people that are on the uh blue white illustrated message board have been talking to us about wait i'm confused oh, i mix it up yeah. Me too. I mix it up. It's I literally it just did. <laughs> so many, so many numbers. You know, I, 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 I mix it up myself. But, but yeah, I, I, one thing I'll add there is just like you know, obviously the two forty, two forty. I keep saying two forty seven for some reason. Twenty four seven has their composite, and uh, you know they 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 kind of started that mindset. Of course, Shan Terry started that company. Yeah. Um, and and the the thing with twenty four sevens is is it's it's I believe it's fifty percent twenty four sevens, twenty five percent rivals, twenty five percent ESPN. Where ours is just twenty five for each of the four. Uh, and I don't believe twenty four seven. They they don't include on three in their composite yet. I'm sure at some point they'll probably change that. But but that that's just is what what's kind of unique about this compared uh, to the cons- uh, the composite for twenty four seven. It's just that it is an even between ESPN rivals twenty four seven and on three. So that's uh, 
you know, I, I really enjoyed it. It was the first time I've had a consensus composite kind of ranking to, yeah. to look at. And at first I was always like, yeah, I kind of want to stick with our company's thing. But as I've learned it and, and grown to appreciate it more, I think it's definitely the best way to go. And I like that our team rankings are based off the consensus as well uh, because it's it's the ultimate team ranking, right? It's, it's yep. everybody's thoughts. It's Steve Wilfong's thoughts. It's, it's Adam Friedman's thoughts. Everybody's thoughts put into one ranking, and, and that should be what we would consider the ultimate team ranking. So. so that is something to keep a look at as that develops over the next couple of weeks. But coming up in the immediate future, tomorrow, Penn State Junior Day. This is the last one. This is the biggest one. Uh, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start with a list? Do you want to start with the the things that are important this weekend? W w what's the most important thing to you about Saturday? The list. The, <laughs> the list. <laughs> because, because I mean, it's it's a stacked list, right? I mean, and that's and that's huge. I mean, um I, don't, I wish I had all the numbers to be here. I have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I have 19 uh, scholarship guys confirmed at the moment, which is similar to what we had the first week. Uh, but that's going to add, like, there's always a couple guys I don't get. You know, I, I, <laughs> I think I'm good at my job, but I'm always going to miss somebody when you're trying to put these uh, these kind of lists together here. So uh, I, I would just say that the high caliber guys are most interesting. Uh, for example, Jason Moore is on campus Friday. He won't be able to make it for the junior day, but Penn State's able to get him on campus uh, for a visit. And, you know, Jason is one of their top defensive line prospects out of DeMatha. Uh, it's a pretty defensive line heavy group. Uh, Jameel Lyons out of Roman Catholic is, is a player who just crushed it at their camp earlier in the year. Uh, I think he'll be a defensive tackle at the next level. Uh, and he put up some incredible numbers. Of course, Nicholas Harbor. Everybody's seen what, what he did the other week with a 2079-200 meter. Uh, he's the I, – I don't know. I mean, I can't think of a high school athlete who's more freakishly yeah. uh, gifted than Nicholas Harbour. I mean, over the years, I'm not talking about just his class. I mean, I, I don't he, know. He's, he, looks back more, in the day. he looks more athletically gifted than Adafi Elway, just on first blush. Yeah. And that is. is that is a high, high bar. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly. So – uh, I mean, there's so many guys. Oh, Deshaun Womack's a really good defensive lineman out of St. Francis. DJ Samuels and Sadir Mitchell uh, out of Bergen Catholic or, you know, high three-star, low four-star kind of guys that Penn State's been after for a long time. Uh, so it's a really good defensive line class uh, it, it, or that, that's coming up here. Uh, we also have someone like Tony Rojas, who I've been talking about for a long time. I consider him one of Penn State's top three linebacker prospects in this class. You know, he's another guy who just – incredibly gifted um athletically you know he, he put up some awesome numbers i think it was like a four six and a four five a four six forty and a four five shuttle at penn state's Ooh. camps um you know really runs well yeah uh and you know there, there's a lot of other guys too that have been here on, on campus so this is you know they they have been if you couldn't make it january 15th they have been pushing everybody to this junior day to try and get a stack full of talent on on campus together uh, and it's and it's coming out that way too. So um, speaking of freaks, DK Metcalf's cousin, DJ yeah. Metcalf, uh, he'll be up. I mean, he's not anywhere as freaky as DK <laughs> is right now. Who knows? Uh, Maybe he'll but... have a growth spurt because <laughs> he's just a yeah. little shorter. You know? Yeah, just a little bit. He's, we have him at six foot, but uh, you know, I mean, just you know, get. I mean, he's coming up from from Alabama. You know, mm -hmm. so I mean. Um, you know, there's there's guys coming from outside the region for this one. And uh, there's some really good young guys, too. Real quick, I'll mention uh, Tony Saka's son, Anthony Sacco. Uh, he's a he's a really good safety prospect. I watched him uh, in the 6A championship game in PIAA's. Um, uh, 
I thought he was excellent. I mean, I thought he was the best player for St. Joseph Prep. Uh, they lost to Pine, Pine Trap. Was it Pine Trafford? Penn Trafford, excuse me, uh, in, in that game that night. But, uh, you know, as a freshman, man, I, I really couldn't find too many other players on that St. Joseph Prep team that, that impressed me more that night. Uh, Gideon Davidson is like, okay, I'm not going to compare him to Nick Singleton, but, like, he's a young little freshman. He's kind of like he's already showing signs that he could be an ox. Uh, he's a really impressive-looking player out of Liberty Christian Academy. He'll be coming up. And then two, those are both 2025 guys, by the way. Camden Laden, Laden Slocker. Camden, I think I got your name right. I apologize if I didn't. We, we, it's a good attempt. Camden and, I, Camden and I have talked about this before. Uh, he's actually from Harrisburg, uh, so I've, I've known him from a distance. He's down at McDonough now. Um, I watched him when I went down to see Deny Dennis Sutton. He, he was, I've talked about this before. Camden's playing defensive end, and Mason Robinson are playing defensive end. Both are going to be Division One players, and that was kind of why Deny was was playing uh, defensive tackle at the time, uh, just because there was so much talent around him. But all those guys are just freshmen. Uh, uh, Camden doesn't have an offer for Penn State yet. I, I'd be shocked if it doesn't come soon. He, he's, he's the real deal. Uh, Luke Hamilton and Cooper Cousins then are, are some really good uh, 2024 offensive linemen. Cooper Cousins, of course, is from Erie, Erie PA. He's from McDowell. Uh, and I expect him to be uh, a highly coveted prospect in 2024. So it's a deep list of guys, man, and, and they are going to go hard at this week. Do I see a commitment coming right now? Nah, I really don't. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, we haven't had uh, a surprise for the first two junior days. and uh, It does happen. I mean, I do think Tony Rojas is – probably leaning towards Penn State, or at least I thought he was before he went and visited Virginia Tech, and I believe North Carolina was the other school. So maybe those visits have changed some things. But uh, leading into 2022, I, I definitely thought that he's leaning towards Penn State. So he'd be a guy I guess you could circle. Uh, but, you know, I don't see Nicholas Harbor or some of these other freak players committing anytime soon. Yeah, if they did, that would be – I mean, that would be the upset of of the weekend and probably the – the year as far as getting one of those high-end guys to commit so early in the process what is mm-hmm. outside of that the best case scenario for Penn State so, so I mean you're saying like outside of commitments this weekend right outside of commitments what are they hoping for what what's the best case scenario that they come out of this weekend um, and they get a feeling or they have an they yeah. get talks with guys and they feel great about that mm-hmm. what what is the what is the best case I mean, that they can get They'll sit down with guys and have, you know, those one-on-one heart kind of, you know, one-on-one heart-to-heart kind of conversations. And uh, guys will absolutely admit to them, you know, hey, I'm leaning this way. This is kind of my timeline. You know, you they have those uh, in-depth, you know, straight-to-the-point kind of conversations. So getting a good feel for where they stand with the Jason Moores, the Tony Rojas's, the Nicholas Harbors, um, you know, that that's that's what I would expect to come out of it. And then, then you kind of know how to attack other other players at that position moving forward. You obviously you don't stop uh, because until they really, until they're signed, you know, you, you can't really stop. But uh, I think, I think that's the main thing, you know, and also there's going to be a handful of guys coming up here who have never been here before too. So getting accurate measurements on them and just getting a feel for their character, their personalities, how they would fit that locker room. I think that's a big part of this too. But, you know, T Frank, when we did our first junior day podcast, like two Fridays ago, one thing I was saying is like these events really don't lead to those commitments because yeah. it they're not the one-on-one whole three, four hour experiences. You know, what you see in March then when a guy comes up for spring practice, watches spring fall, and then the whole rest of the time he's on campus, you know, he has the whole staff um, at, at, not at his call, but you know what I mean? But like yeah. they're, they're, they, they get that real true one-on-one time. And, and those are the visits that like guys, like you know, they'll make a sudden decision, I guess you would say where this is, you know, with all the defensive linemen coming here, I mean, John Scott's room is going to be crowded 
uh, yeah. on Saturday when they're going through film and talking to guys. So you just you just don't have that uh, quite that personal experience in these, and that's uh, and that's why you don't see as many commitments. Um, but it should be. I mean, there's a lot of guys here where it should put them in good positions moving forward. So speaking of somebody who's never been to campus, and we've talked about this now for a couple of weeks on the BWI Daily Edition here on Friday, is Vega Iowane. One of the things that creates a great dramatic story is an element of time and urgency. And mm-hmm. his recruiting has been in fast forward over the last couple of days. So what's the update there? And what's your sense of what you've learned since we first heard about Vega uh, getting an offer from Penn State? I should send a text out right now to see if he's actually on the plane, right? Like he should be coming <laughs> in uh, to make sure he's coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, all signs are pointing to him uh, being here this weekend. You know, UCLA, we know, was pushing hard to try and steal that visit, I guess you would say. Uh, you know, I do know he did go to Washington again. Uh, I don't know. He was at the Poly Bowl, so I would assume it was right before the Poly Bowl. Maybe I didn't exactly clarify when, but I did clarify that he was at Washington. And, and Washington kept their offensive line coach. He was previously committed to Washington, and he's from uh, outside of Seattle. So, uh, you know, from, from a proximity to home perspective, that makes the most sense. But uh, he wouldn't be flying out here on the last weekend before National Signing Day if there wasn't real interest. I know Phil Troutline did a visit with his family uh, this past Monday, and all all indications were that it really went well. That that's what basically locked up this visit. You know, I know I know the family um, thought highly of Trout from what I was told. So it looks good. You know, whenever whenever you get somebody this time of the year, man, you're the last visit. Signing yep. days six days away. Like. I mean, we can point back to quite a few other instances in the past where it leads to a commitment. Now, this guy's coming from the whole other side of the country, and that big school in that state is also who you know he was previously committed to. So it's hard for me to like put in a pick right now and think, like, yeah, he's coming to Penn State. But, I mean, Penn State seems to be feeling pretty good about it. Like, yeah. their whole thing was, like, get him here, and we feel like we can get him. So yeah. he's coming. So let's see what happens. So that it's going to be a big weekend for that outside of junior day. And that might give us some clarity going into the signing day about which way all of that is leaning. And of course, mm-hmm. if you want all that information from Ryan, as he gets it, it's uh, on the message board, blue, white illustrated message board, the lion's den sign up for just $1 and you get access to all this stuff. If you love these Friday shows and you love getting this stuff and hearing it from Ryan, you can have that just like IV'd into your body at bluehead Sign up for just a dollar. All week I've been saying, you can listen to me right now, scroll down in the video, and I'll basically be guiding you to the link. It's the first one after all of the words. Join on three. <laughs> it's a dollar. It's awesome. Ryan, anything else before we close out the show? What what do you what are you doing this weekend? Uh well, it's my um niece's one year old birthday. So I actually gotta go to Harrisburg uh for her, you know, big uh one year birthday party. I mean, this is what happens when you got kids, right? My my yeah. four year old turned four last say, weekend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every so weekend's birthday's was, in Harrisburg. <laughs> yeah, we uh we all matched up to have our kids around the same time. I don't know how that happened. But anyway, yeah, so that that'll be my Saturday driving down to Harrisburg for a one year old birthday party and then um plugging my laptop in at four o'clock and grinding. I mean, that, that's basically how it is. So uh, hopefully I can take the day off uh, sometime next week, but that's okay, man. This is a fun job and I enjoy these days. These are, these are what fans, these are why fans pay for these sites, right? Uh, to, to have 
um, you know, the information we get out of these junior days and, and to get it to you guys. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun job. I enjoy it. So busy weekend, but that's okay. February will slow down. We'll, we'll have some time for uh, family time then. What's your niece's name? My niece's name? Yeah. I don't know if I should, should I be putting that out there. I don't know. Oh, right. Well, I just, I wanted, I wanted to say happy. <laughs> I wanted to say happy birthday. That was all. I didn't think that's a very good point. Happy My kids are birth- Hayden and Cameron. I'm putting, I'm, I don't know if my <laughs> brother wants to be putting all those things out on YouTube, but well, fair yeah, enough. my, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I was just going to say, I wanted to wish a belated happy birthday to your son and to your niece and, and, uh, and be very pandery here. Hayden's on birthday was awesome. We went to get air in uh, Harrisburg. It's like a trampoline oh, yeah. park. But but this way, I took a dozen four year olds to a trampoline park and fed them <laughs> fed them cupcakes and pizza, man. So you want to talk about like a two hour? You want to film like Ryan pulling his hair out? Like that would have been entertaining. So, yeah. Well, anyway. good good luck with more of that this weekend. Of course, you you're not the one steering the bus. You're you're there for the party, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. No alcohol, though. So I'm just kind of sitting there eating cake with my kids again, feeding my kids more sugar. Anyway. Uh, well, we'll be back on uh, Monday here on the BWI Daily Edition. And, of course, Ryan will be back on the show next week to give us an idea of everything going on. Of course, it's going to be heading into the dead period, but that's not going to stop us from having a good time. I'm your host, Thomas Frank Carr. We'll talk to you on Monday.